Good evening, fellow students, and welcome to a very special After Hours episode of Legacy Weapon. No, no, don't you in a way. This is not as adult as that made it sound. We are here on a road trip. Yay! Yay! I am Jamie. And I'm Drew. And this is your guide to Legacy Format, Legacy Weapon. And we are en route right now, en route, 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 from Louisville, Kentucky. Yep, back home after the GP Louisville, which was the uh, Legacy GP there. Yeah, you, you will hear our voices being a little rough because... We're in a car! We're in a car. and We're well, on the highway. And Louisville has bourbon. I, it's a rough time. Yeah, yeah. you know. We're yeah. not drinking on the road. No. Yeah, I, I, our, our throats are, are perched. Yeah. All right. From bourbon. Anyway, we earlier. we wanted to take this episode and talk about the GP experience. Yeah. A little bit of a tournament report. A little bit of an on the scene. Uh, we had hoped we had hoped to be able to do a bunch of interviews with people while we were there. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out to really do that. Yeah. Uh, we can talk more about the, how the timing goes, but this is fun for everybody who was there and wants to hear us talk about them. Right. For people who weren't there in which they were, and if you've never been to one, this can give you an idea of what to expect. Because this was our first GP, so what? this is sort of also a, yeah, what's your first GP like from two people who just went through their first GP? You are so inexperienced, Drew. You're a terrible legacy podcaster. I've never been to a GP before. It, it is kind of shocking. Did we just level up? Uh, yeah, I we're, think we did. We're good podcasters. We're like level two or something. Wow. Level two podcasters. Yeah. How many levels? Are roll, roll D six for extra HP. <laughs> All right. So we drove in about six and a half hours to get to the GP. Yeah. We arrived midday on Friday. Yep. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, GPs are two days of main event, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Three days of events, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Friday is side events. There's the artists are there. You can go get stuff signed, buy their playmats, buy their artist proofs, whatever, whatever, whatever. There are cosplayers there. Uh, there's just a bunch of people who like magic. If you like people who like magic, and if you don't like people who like magic, then you're probably in the wrong place. And this is, yeah, this is a really interesting podcast for you. Like, welcome. Uh, <laughs> with warning, spoiler, we're going to talk about magic. If you, you, right. You might have a bad time. Yeah. Uh, so Friday is everything. Everything is going on. Everything that goes on the other day is going on Friday, except not the main, the main event. event. Right. Uh, I am under the impression that different Grand Prix have a different kind of ratio of side events, but I think that's mostly just the interest of the people there. Right. It seemed like if you wanted to be doing vintage all day, you could do nothing but vintage all day long. All three days seemed like. I know people who did. Exactly that, yeah. Uh, and... Same for Legacy, same for Modern, same for Standard, and same for... Uh, I'm not sure if you do Limited all day in competitive events. But there was a lot of... There was a lot of Limited going on, and... Yeah. Right. So that was Friday. We arrived halfway through the day because of the travel time, because of days off from work and everything. And that was yeah. great. It was very nice. We got there and were able to do pre-events. Right. Um, we, we, we played in a, uh, a Legacy Challenge event. Uh, if you... One, the if you went four zero and then beat someone else who went four zero, you got two buys for the main event. That did not happen to either of us, but that's a cool little thing. Plus, there were it was prize supported, and it was. I mean, the people there are all people who were planning on competing in the in the main event. So, um, it's very good practice. Yeah, the quality of the opposition was just as good as it would be uh, in in the actual main event. So, that yeah, was cool. Yeah, yeah. 
I was going to say possibly better because these are people really dedicated. But yeah. then again, possibly worse because it's not going to have any people who've got buys already. Right. Like, so the, That's the true. pros are not there grinding side of it on Friday. If you went 2-0 and oh, and then your first, then your third round is probably against someone who's better. At the, but that, that, that's not fair. Anyway, yeah. roughly the same, let's say, as uh, as the main event. Right. And we will get into actually our decks and our matchups. We'll do that later. We want to talk about what is a GP? Right. Wait, what's the essence? What color is the essence of GP? Uh, I, I'm colorblind. You have to tell me. It's it's a gold card. It's a gold card. Alright. All right. Yeah, that's I a like, cop out. But, I, I like that. But it is. So, Saturday, bright and early, starts the Grand Prix, right. the main event. Every Grand Prix has one format that its main event is doing. The main event is approximately 14 rounds. Something over, like that. Over two days. 15, anyway. Uh, yeah. And so this one was Legacy. They have some that are limited, and you play Sealed all the first day, and then you play, I think, Sealed again all the second day, and then Draft in the Draft top in the top eight? eight? Yeah. That might be. Um, so, limited and modern, and I don't know the last time there's ever been a vintage Grand Prix. I'm sure there... That probably literally has never happened. Probably probably not. I, How I, would you have a Grand Prix where everyone has to have, like, Black Legacies? I mean, there were a lot of people playing vintage. You'd there were like, a lot of people, but you'd not have like, a Grand Prix number. You'd have, like, 300 people. Yeah. Uh, so, Tops. that is going on, and while that is going on, everything else is also going on. Many, 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 many people travel long distances to go to a Grand Prix and not join the main event. One of my opponents was from Alaska. He was in the main event, but just for, he he came to Kentucky just for this from Alaska. Yes, I did hear about people coming from Europe just yeah. for this. There were definitely some people who were from Asia. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a <clears throat> thing. Um, but some people come and don't do the main event. Yeah. So what do you do if you're not doing the main event? You do the same thing we said on Friday. You can shop from all these vendors who. Yeah, you can shop for them online, but a lot of the time their prices and selection here are just more interesting and fun. No shipping is nice. No shipping is nice. And also, one thing that's kind of fun, they will all have what their damage stock or their heavily placed stock. But they're not right. going to sell you online because the difference between damaged cards are very different. One yeah. might be damaged because it's half ripped in half and not playable. Right. Another one might be quote-unquote damaged because the artist signed it right. and it's otherwise mint. Yeah. They both count as quote-unquote damaged. Depending, yeah, well, yeah. Some people, some stores treat signed cards very differently from others, but True. yeah. Often, stores online are hesitant to sell anything beyond like slightly played or moderately played just because you might reasonably be unhappy. Maybe right. I care a lot about scratches on the front of my cards. Yeah. And I don't care at all what the back looks like. Right. Like at all. So if I get one and the back is pristine, but the front is. <laughs> Take it away, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the front is messed up. You, you might be upset, but some people might, for whatever reason, want to play the deck without sleeves. So they care about the back because if the backs all look different. Well, for now it will. It'll look terrible soon. Well, well they'll all look plan. equally terrible, though, because you'll be doing the same thing to all of them. But, you know, if you did want to play your deck without sleeves, you need to be able to buy near mint cards. And they can't sell you a card as you know, near mint or slightly played when it's beat up on the back because theoretically you can't play it without sleeves. So that is going on, as you said, the cosplayers uh, and a lot of a lot of side events, both yeah. formal, again, competitive rules enforcement, there are prizes, there are uh, 
you know, strict rules and judges, and they're set up by the tournament organizer. In this case, the tournament organizer was Star City Games. Yep. Um, and there are, at many of them, and at this one, <clears throat> unofficial side events. Both things like what we did, where a few people just bought some packs and drafted. Yep. Or what some people do, where they will actually go up and say, hey, I've got eight people who want to do a draft. Can we start one now and have it be a quote-unquote official event? I think those, like, there's no entry fee because you bring your own cards and there's no prize support, but you get points worker points, I think, if you make it a quote-unquote official event. Uh, I think, I think yeah, there, right? there was something, I remember reading something to that effect on the website. Yeah, I think that's right. So, it is happening, magic is happening everywhere at all different levels. It's people are trading, so much magic. Yeah, people are trading everywhere. Every table has somebody with just decks laid out. Yeah. Uh, and so that's going on <clears throat> on day two. And day three is more of the same, but a smaller main event. Right. So you have to qualify for day two of Grand Prix. So you have to, it's nine rounds on day one, and you need to be six and three or better in order to qualify for day two. So if you didn't make it to six and three, uh, then you're done. You're you're done. You're not invited back for a second day. Right. I mean, you can hang out, obviously, but you're not going to be playing in the main event. Uh, if you do, you make it a second day. Not a guarantee you're going to get prizes or anything. Right. But you then get a chance to keep playing and maybe win. Yeah. Uh, asterisk. If you are six and three, you are not going to make it into the top eight. Yeah. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's small enough. Still, no, still no. Right. Uh, I think, I think the answer is probably just no. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe there's some situation where it could happen if if everyone drops. Well, everyone gets sick goes home. I mean, I don't know. I think it, it might just be that, you know, if if people draw a lot or if, if the top people lose a certain number, it's probably, it may be possible for there not to be nine people who are X, two, and one or better. Um, maybe. So maybe. If, if I don't know. A, if you have a small tournament. Grand Prix anyway. vary in size yeah. vastly. Yeah, that's true. Some are less than a thousand. Yeah. Uh, the Grand Prix in Las Vegas, I believe, was 7,000. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually saw a chart of, like, sizes of Grand Prix over time. They had to exclude Vegas because... It wouldn't fit. It, 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 it wouldn't fit on the chart. Uh, it, it broke their graphing line, where it yeah. turned their, like, useful line into just one giant parabola. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they vary in size. This one was... I think about 1,500. I think that's about right. Uh, now, that is not official. We haven't heard it. I'm sure that that is off by up to 500. But <laughs> yeah. they are numbered tables, and we know what number tables we were sitting at, and we kind of saw how far down the numbers were going. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Uh, maybe maybe less, but more than 1,000. There were people at the tables at 1,000 plus, and that means that there are two people at each of those tables. Oh, oh you're right. I did not. So think maybe about that. actually, well, and I think there are no, there are only triple digit table numbers. So I don't think the first hundred have anybody at them. I think it's just like 101 and up. So probably more like 2,000 to 2,500 were here. But yeah, probably there were at least 2,000 in the main event. And we knew a lot of people who were not in the main event. I would guess there were probably, my guess is 2,500 total attendance. I'm going to say 2,000 ish in the main event and another thousand uh, plus not in the main event. Yeah. At least you can over the course of the three days. Because yeah. some people, I'm sure, especially if they're local, maybe only came on Friday. Yeah. That's fine to do. Could be, yeah. 
these have sort of become the magic conventions, especially the one in Vegas. If you can make it, I hear it's extra fun. Yeah. Um, but we are not West Coasters and will not be going. No, no we, we cannot quite uh, justify that long of a trip. But we will be wishing you all well, because that is the next Legacy Grand Prix. Oddly enough, it's a triple Grand Prix. There's like a Legacy Grand Prix and a modern Grand Prix and a standard Grand Prix, like back to back. Oh my God. It's like a week long Grand Prix Jeez. festival. Yeah. Okay. Have fun with that, everybody. I wish you well. I wish I could be there. I will be working at my job. Yeah. Same. Um, so, and then at uh, day three, they play. They play, what, like seven more rounds or so? Something like that. Six, seven rounds, yeah. Then they cut to the top eight. That happened at about four o'clock in the afternoon. These are long days. Yeah. They start at about nine in the morning. Yep. If you don't have any buys. Do we actually say what buys are? Do people know what buys are? Yeah, you buy, you know, you, you get a win, basically, yeah. but you don't have to play anybody. At, at your FNM, you might only get a buy if there's an odd number of people and somebody just gets an auto win. Yeah. At these events, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of people with buys. Qualified for buys at previous events. Right. Buys are given out as prizes to people. Yeah. So they do not have to show up at 9, they can show up at 10. Or if they have two buys, you can show up at 11. 11. Yeah. Can you have three buys? The website. Well, the, the submission, the deck list submission form seemed to imply that you could have three. I I'm thought not, two was as many. I thought have. two was the max you could have. Maybe they've changed it. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to say whatever you all say out there in podcast land. Message us about how Drew is wrong, and now it's not just two. Yeah. Right. All right. Thanks. So, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. And then it finished, when did it finish in the evening yesterday? Well, we, we weren't good. We, we left. We left for dinner before it was done. Yeah, I don't even... Yeah, I mean, we we had we knew eight, people who were eight, still playing, I think, until about 8. So I think 8 o'clock is when we finished. So it was almost 12 hours of magic if you did not have a buy and but, you were had not dropped. Which that is a winter wonderland. And yet, it's a long day. And then followed yeah. by another day of, if you're in the top 8, about as long of a day. Yep, because the top 8 started around... 4.30? 4.30, 5 o'clock. Yeah. We don't know who won yet because it's still going, I it's, think. It is 6 o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. Our wishes go out to all the people doing well. I think one of them is named Brian. I think that's a good guess. Uh, yeah. I think that's a very good guess. Isn't uh, Brian Braun did? I think he, he actually had the best score in the main, in, in the, I think, before I think, the top I eight. I think he did. I remember hearing his name. So, yeah. Anyway. So, it... it can you think of anything else on what is a Grand Prix? I mean, I think that's pretty much the size of it. It's a just a long, long, grueling magic tournament. Uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful, right. With, with people who are really good, really passionate, they, they, they know what they're doing. If you want to play people who are good so that you can yourself get better, this is the best possible place to come and do it. That's actually absolutely right. You are going to see a wide variety of players here. Yeah. Um, We'll get into that a little bit more, but we'll just say that you will sometimes be playing against, oh, uh, Redo. Uh, yeah. Hi, right. Redo. Let's play some Magic. Right. And sometimes you'll be playing against somebody who brought their standard deck to Legacy because yep. they had nothing better to do and are rich, apparently. It felt like playing, paying the entry fee, I guess. Yeah. yeah. To lose to a bunch of Legacy decks. It will happen. People yeah. do that. I know one guy once who, mostly as a joke, but also real, brought in a vintage deck just so he could get DQ'd. Yeah. And take this free playmat loot that they give away and do side events. <laughs> free in lots of quotation marks because not free, entry fee. Anyway, yeah. Um, 
Shall we talk about our experience then? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, as I said, we got in on Friday. We did our event. Our drive-in. We drove about six hours. Yep. We spent approximately five and a half of those hours talking about our deck lists. Yep. Uh, about two and a half hours or so on on each of our decks. Uh, what cards for the main, what cards for the side. Counting over and over and over again to make sure we still had 75 cards. Yes. You all know I play elves and that is what I was playing here. Yep. But we, we still somehow spent two and a half hours on what should be in Jamie's deck list. I don't know how that happened, but it, it did. Uh, I think everybody knows, uh, and we can, we can link these cards. I think I often say we'll link the cards and then we forget to link the cards. Yeah, we'll try we'll harder. Try to, we'll try harder. That's, that's part of our thing, man. You're not supposed to say cards that people don't know. Right. All right. We, I think we spent a full, literal 30 minutes debating, matchup by matchup, whether Progenitus... The 1010 protection from everything is better or worse than World Spine Worm in Elves. Yeah. A 1515 trample that when you kill it, it gives you 1515 in smaller creatures right. that fall out the sides. Right. 30 minutes. Yeah. At which point we finally said, eh. you know what? It's really close. <laughs> yeah. That's what we came out with. And, uh, and yeah, actually, and especially for anybody who uh, listened to the podcast, we said, we give up. We're going to do what Julian said. Right. Which is really... And I think finally what tipped us over on that was that... So you, when you register for the main event of the GP, you get a promo. And it changes by what GP it is, what promo card it is. But it's a foil. And the foil for this was a progenitus. So, okay, cool. We get to... Jimmy gets to, play the, gets to play the GP promo in the yeah. GP. That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, Drew was going to play Maverick maybe going to play his soldier's deck if he wanted to be real spicy and off the beaten path, but yep. we kind of knew that wasn't as good. Right. Uh, and also it includes some cards that I was trying to borrow from him to use in right. my deck. Right. It's kind of awkward. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, I did recently, this week, finish my Aloran deck. Yeah. Ooh, spicy. Aloran is one of the hotnesses currently going on. We talked about it a little bit before. Right. And we really quickly realized... Drew really wanted to play Aloran. I really wanted to play Aloran. So we had to build an Aloran deck from scratch. Right. Well, not from scratch. I had a list, uh, although I didn't have all of the cards for it. I mean, I, when I said I built it, I built it minus a couple of duels I didn't have. They do happen to be duels that Jamie has, though, and wasn't using. Um, I'm a helper. Yeah. You need to give me those back. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> um... Precious, it's mine. You can't have it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I will say one thing. The Legacy community is a great community. We also borrowed from some other people. Uh, Jerry from over at Leg uh, Leaving a Legacy, right. one of the other great Legacy podcasts, lent Drew a fetch land yep. that he needed and lent me a Bayou because I debated long and hard. <laughs> really, like I talked to people online, to Drew... I talked to my wife who doesn't care much about magic. I was really agonized over this. I talked to you about how I play in an overgrown tomb in my legacy deck and how I do that proudly and how it's never lost me a game. I knew that Jerry had someone who was willing to lend me a bayou. I wanted to still play the overgrown tomb just to be able to tell you all that for you, I went through this heart-wrenching decision <laughs> that I had done it, that I had played it, hopefully that it hadn't lost me any games, that I was proud to do it, that it's fine. That you too can play in a legacy GP without shocks. And you can. And, or without duels. You can 
I would have. I was fine doing it. I signed up for this before knowing there was anybody I could borrow it from. I would have been very proud to do so. I, at the Grand Prix, got my overgrown tomb signed so that I can now have a signed one in my own like, <laughs> Next yeah. Next time. Yeah. Yes. But, but I decided. Yeah, Jamie did, in fact, borrow a Bayou to play a Bayou. At that point, I was going to be shooting myself in the foot because I had a Bayou available. I was right. going to purposefully use a worse card just, just to, to make prove a, point. a point. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It, I hope you all don't think less of me. Yeah. How, how bad would we all have felt if this was the one time in a thousand where a game loss happens because of that? Right. And that was the loss that kept me out of day two or right. something. Yeah. Anyway. That would have been me. So, so, anyway, played that. And we were able to borrow some cards. The Legacy community is really great. Yep. Uh, the cards are worth enough that you probably can't just show up and start hollering, I want to borrow a Bayou. Yep. But if you make friends, everyone wants to help everyone. That's yeah. why we do this here. We want right. to help you be in the community. Come join us. Yes. So. We want to borrow cards from you. <laughs> I mean, we yes. like you we and want we help, want to help you. Help you help us help you. Yeah. So we had to go through a Jerusalem Lauren deck. Yeah. Which he had, and we had to debate a lot of sideboard cards because as we said, he had kind of a list. There are lists out there. And it's a weird four-color combo deck that is full of tutors, and it can play almost every card ever. And it it is it was hard. We we should do an episode soon about Aloran, but we'll just say we will at some be, point because you can tutor. I'm an for expert it. now. I played it at the GP. I know. You know. Yeah. Uh, because you can tutor for it, questionably, beneficially. Right. You do. Tell, tell us the spicy things you included. Oh boy, there were some spicy things in my deck. Uh, so, uh, there was... There was... <laughs> well, in the main board, I played... And this was the subject of intense debate. Uh, I played one copy of Ninja of the Deep Hours. That is not a Legacy playable card, Drew. Uh, it has been played in Legacy at that, GP. Okay. I have it on very good authority. That does not... Mean anything. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> Don't play Ninja the Deep Ninja Hours, the Deep Hours is a four drop 2 2. When it deals damage to a, a combat damage to a, an opponent, you get to draw a card. And it has Nujitsu, which means that if you, if your opponent, if you attack with a creature and your opponent doesn't block it, you can pay two mana. In this case, the Nujitsu cost of Ninja the Deep Hours is a blue and a, and a colorless, a blue and a generic, to. Uh, bounce the creature that you are attacking with to your hand and put the ninja into play tapped and attacking. So this, this is after, past defenders. Right, so they can't block it now. Right, right before damage is dealt. Right. Change who is doing the damage. Swap right. out one in your hand in the bathroom. Right. And this is not as dumb as it sounds yeah. because <clears throat> Drew's entire deck has entered the battlefield triggers. Right. So having a tutorable guy who can get your end of the battlefield triggers again. And draw you a card, just as a bonus. And draw you a card, and then be a 2-2 on the battlefield who draws you more cards. Yeah. It's not legacy playable there. It, I mean... You, you said that you didn't really get it to see. You didn't really get to see whether it worked or not. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I had a couple of games where it would've... Oh, I had one game of the challenge event where I played it, and it was good, and I won that game, but I would've won that game had that card been... Anything like else. literally anything. Uh, my opponent was just was flooding out and just couldn't do anything at all. So, um, 
down. But it was fine. I don't think... I certainly did not lose any games because I had Ninja the Deep Hours as opposed to whatever else that card would have been. Um, but I also didn't win any games because Ninja the Deep Hours. But, you know, hey. Now, another spicy one, and this one I'm a little proud of. I, I came up with this, and it's another one that probably is not legacy playable, but I'm really... I'm, I'm, I am convinced this one is, actually. Yeah. Um, apparently, Bone Shredder is a card... Does that see... Play, uh, yes. Okay. People have made top eights of things with Bone Shredder in the sideboards so, of their lore decks. Bone Shredder is a creature that, when it comes to the battlefield, uh, destroys a target non-black, non-artifact creature. creature. It's got other stuff, but that's what it does. Yeah. So he was debating that, and I told him that sometimes you have trouble targeting your opponents. A lot of the time, especially if Black Red Reanimator, for example, which is one of the new hotnesses, right. only got one big creature. It might not be easy to kill. It might be black. It's Grizzlebrand a lot of the time. It's always Grizzlebrand. Yeah. Except what, that one time it was Iona. What would you rather have? You'd rather have an untargeted kill. Yeah. Fleshbag Marauder. Yeah. Fleshbag Marauder? Fleshbag Marauder. Fleshbag Marauder. Uh, so, yeah, that was sideboard. And I yeah. think you said it also didn't really come into play. It, yeah. When, when you had it, you... We're winning or losing anyway, and it really didn't make a difference. Yeah, I had a game in, again on Friday in the challenge match where I was playing Black Red Reanimator, and it would have been awesome in that match, but this was before Jamie had the epiphany leading to the hot tack of Fleshbag Marauder, so I didn't have it in my deck at that point. Um, and Fleshbag then, Marauder is a 3-1 when oh it enters yeah. the battlefield, everyone each, sacrifices. Every, each player sacrifices a creature. Generally, you will sacrifice Fleshbag Marauder. Right. Um, now, in this deck, where you are then able to, with your Cavern Harpy, bounce your other creatures? You might, you can well, get into some very strange situations, potentially, where you can just bounce the Fleshbag Marauder over and over and just have it be a repeatable removal spell. Right, so sometimes you'll then uh, either sack something else, you then just make your opponent sack twice. Right. Or, if you've got a Lauren out, you can, in theory, if you've got enough life, take everybody off of your board, and then just keep bouncing this one guy to machine gun your opponents. I, I cannot imagine how that this will ever come up, no matter how many times I play this deck, that I will actually need to do that to win a game, but uh, maybe. I like having backup combos it's a cool, my backup combos. It's a cool thing, yeah. Anyway, so that's what you were playing. Uh, and when we were there on Friday, we did the Legacy Challenge, the, the trial for getting a buy, yep. or two, or whatever. Right. Um, tell us how your matches went. I'm not sure how long have we been talking, because th this might be two episodes. Uh, we've been going almost half an hour. Ah, we'll keep going. Yeah. All right, tell us about your matchups. This was four matches, and then if you were 4-0, you played again. We right. did not go 4-0. Spoiler. 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 Right. So, uh, round one, I played against the other new hotness of Black Red Reanimator. And uh, turn one of game one, he reanimated a Grizzlebrand, drew 14 cards off Grizzlebrand, and... Uh, Reanimated a Chancellor of the Annex, which is a five-six flyer that uh, has it makes a, all your spells cost. Uh, one makes more. all your spells cost one more, and reanimated a Tidespout Tyrant, which is a five-five. This is whenever you cast a spell, you get to bounce target permanent to its to its owner's hand. So that's turn one, two, and three. That's turn one. All of that turn one. It's a pretty good deck, everybody. It's a pretty good deck. Uh, when they have it, boy, do they have it. Uh, so I ended up, he was on the play, so I ended up scooping before doing anything. Um, 
which the advantage of this, I mean, there was no way I was getting out of that. Of course, this means he does have, he has no idea what he's supposed to do to sideboard against me. Um, but, uh, let's see. Did I end up winning that second game? I think you told me that you lost. I think I lost the second game, too. Um, or I think you told me you lost the match. I definitely lost the match. Um, yeah. Um, I think I did get, I think I did get game two. Um, I managed, I, I did the Aluren thing. Um, but, uh, I was, I had, yeah, the game, yeah, game, game two, I just drew all of my hate cards. Um, I had a, uh, Fairy Macabre, I had a Surgical Extraction, and I had a Scavenging Ooze. And he was able to make me discard two of these, and then I played the Scavenging Ooze, and I had two green mana up, and he scooped after a couple of turns of realizing there was nothing he could really do about that. Game three, uh, I had some of the hate cards, uh, but not ultimately enough. He, he got there on maybe like the second or third turn or something. Um, oh, oh no, this is the one where I totally screwed up. No, it was later in the game. He reanimated an Iona, giant angel that says, as it enters the battlefield, choose a color and your opponents can't play spells of that color. And he was at like seven life when, when he got the Iona in because he played reanimate. He had to pay nine life for Iona. And I got an Aluren on the battlefield, but couldn't combo off because he had named blue with Iona. And I needed blue spells for my combo. But what I could have done is put four recruiters of, of the guard on the battlefield and a fairy macabre to block with. And just chump blocked the just fairy macabre. Chump blocked, and I could have swung in twice for enough damage. But I was really tired at that point, and I didn't really it was like my first actual real match with the deck, and I screwed up. Quick question. Does a Lauren say you can cast it without yep. its cost? cast. It's a cast. All right. Shame. Shame. If you could just put it on the battlefield, that would probably work a lot better. Uh, yeah, right. No, yeah. Uh, most of the time, it's better that you're casting it. Um, but, yes, against that, in this one particular instance, the fact that it's actually you're casting the spell is bad. Yeah. All right. Any, anything else interesting from your other matches? Um, my other matches... Oh, by the way, uh, to tell you how tired, dehydrated Drew was and is, you did not play Black Red Reanimator your first game. That was your fourth game after we were all done. Your that first game was my fourth game. My first game was Charbelcher. That's right. So we've never talked about Charbelcher, but it is the cheapest turn one combo. Yeah. Deck. It usually wins by a lot of fast mana. Charbelcher, which does damage to your opponent, revealing cards from your library until you hit a land. And just no lands, or one land yeah. that's at the bottom of your deck. Uh, and then it has a backup of a storm backup. Yeah. Right. So That's you, right. You, that was my game one. and You got belched and you got storm. Yep. Uh, just, just roll. They are fast. They are very fast. Yeah. Aluren is not fast enough and does not have... At least, well, I think in game two and three, I might, I might have enough disruption to make that match reasonable, but I, I didn't find it. Um... So, I think I did win my second one, but I don't even remember what I played. You, you don't remember. Oh, that. no, I played, a, I played a Stoneblade deck in my second one, and I, I fought through a countertop lock twice. Yes, I remember you telling me about this. Um, which would become a recurring theme in during the actual main event. How do you fight through a countertop lock with a Lauren? Uh, you have a lot of different converted mana costs on your spells. How and many you have, of them are one? Uh, in the combo, none. 
and then you also have a bunch of abrupt decays, so you can blow up the counter, uh, the uh, counterbalance. And usually, when you get a reclamation sage, which is main deck, that will also blow up the counterbalance. Sometimes it will get countered. That did happen to me in one match at some point, but um, usually you can manage uh, to get through it. So it's it seems terrible. Usually that's that lock is just game over against almost any combo deck, but Aluren is a very resilient combo deck. So uh, it, it it did. Um, I did. I did win that very slowly. Uh, we went. We went to turns. I think in ga- in game three, and I won on I think turn four of extra turns after time had been called for the round. I don't think we've ever said, and I assume every most people every, know. People know how turns work. If you if you don't know what we're talking about, message me and I'll talk to you about how turns work. Yeah. And you run out of time. Yeah. Um, do you remember what your third match was? I do not. I'm not. Right. I'm not. Never mind what my third right, match was. So, <laughs> it was it was that embarrassing, huh? Is that bad? That rough? Okay. No, no we, yeah. We don't need to talk better. None of my matches were just like terror. Oh no, my third match was lands, and I got like turn three merit laged and then turn two merit laged. And I remember you telling me each time you had your win combo in hand. The next turn, one untap to do it. One, one I needed one untap to do it, and I didn't get it. That All was right. just the, so close. The slow grimy control deck just killed me on my on the third turn and the fourth turn. But, yeah, nice and slow and grindy. Uh, yeah. So Sometimes lands just has it, and there's not much you can do. But these were your first games with this deck. Yes. Ever. Ever. Ever, 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 actually, yes. Legacy Weapon does not endorse taking a brand new deck you've never played before to the Grand Prix. I had a blast. Uh, if you were trying to do well, this was a terrible idea. I... The decision, we had this discussion on the way over. I said, you know, look, I'm not going to... I have no illusions that I'm going to cash at the GP. I'm not going to make money doing this. I, I, it's not happening. I might as well play what I want to play. Uh, and I really want to play Aloran. So, and, and to be fair, we decided that Aloran is actually better positioned right now than Maverick is. It is, I think, yes. So the lack of experience was going to be a problem. And that's yeah. not a... It's not like it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's no. a really complicated deck. It is. Uh, the baseline, how does it work, is fairly complicated. It's one of the, yeah, like just executing the combo is something that a lot of experienced Magic players would not know how to do unless you unless told them. Shown. And then yeah. the how to how to play optimally is... There are some yeah. great articles. I, I might link an article uh, that I was recently reading about this. Yeah. About how the more decisions your deck has... That, that is a downside to a deck, is having yeah. lots and lots of decisions. Now, often that means you can make the best decisions, but that is very taxing. Yes. It takes a lot of mental energy. It takes a lot of experience. And it's and really important that you have slept, that you have eaten, and that you be hydrated. And I was none of those three things at any point during the GP. Right. And, and the experience. Like, every decision. Yeah. When you are searching your library for a card, and you can pick one of 30 cards, you either have to think through and hope you do the logic right or have the experience of muscle memory. Right. You know, in this instance, here's what I'm going to get. Right. Um, and I, I I knew this was an issue and I underrated it. Yeah. Um, I, well, we'll talk about, we'll talk about how the main event went for me. Um, so my first matchup but was Grixis yeah. uh, Delver, which yeah. we knew was going to be, was very high. People were very high on it. We expected to see a little more than average when I was there. Yeah. And let's see, how did it go? I, I rolled game one, comboed off just the way I do. Yep. And 
I got beat out. Oh, it was a long slot fest between my death right shamans and their death right shamans. Yeah. And we were like at two life at the end. Yeah. Because uh, if you have two death right shamans, it's very hard to make either one do anything when yeah. you want it to. Um, game two <clears throat> uh, was again a real slog where there was an empty board on turn five because <laughs> I, I played something and they killed it and I played something and they killed it and I yeah. played something and they killed it and I played something and they killed it yeah the Delver player's hand was like just like cantrips and removal spells and my hand was just dudes I think I might have had other spells but you're not gonna really natural order if you can't stick a dude right so it doesn't yeah, yeah. it doesn't do anything so that that one was really long the fourth game or the third game math is hard uh, <laughs> counting yes. the uh, the third game was again a really good these were these were amazing games I had I watched the second half of this one because my match was over by that point uh, it was really good it was a real slog he was beating me down pretty hard I was at two life and he had already used like three lightning bolts on my creatures so I knew he had a fourth probably I knew I was in danger but I was alive at the moment and I was able to natural he, he had two Gurmag anglers so two five fives zombie fish yeah and I had two one ones and I was at two life yeah he was a 15 and I draw natural order yeah I am not going to be able to do him 15 through his two untapped blockers with a uh, with a crater, crater of you know he's going to be a six a seven seven and a three three are not going to do it not going to do it but I decided in because I wanted the option of something that was big on its own. World Spine Worm. Yeah. A 15-15 trample. Yeah. And my opponent was at 15. So I attack and he has to block. Right. He attacks with a Jitte on board, but not able to equip it yet, I don't think. Right. Well, it's the first oh, time. No, no, he, he, he did so equip it. He was able to equip and attack with a Jitte, and I blocked with my 1-1. One, one. Yeah. And then he takes the 15 damage when I attack again. Yeah, right. And it was that you you get the worm and you pass, and he can't attack you, even though you'll have to jump one, because then you'll just kill him on the crackback. Right. Because it's just 15 trample, and he's just dead. Yeah. So Progenitus would not have saved me here, probably. It, it would have been good. It would have bought you at least one turn, but no, it would you not were have... dead to a lightning bolt. Yeah. So, yeah. It felt pretty good, and it was very hard fought. I was very proud. Uh, my game two the exact same matchup and it played out almost exactly the same where game one was a death right shaman slog fest yeah uh and then game two and three one of them i comboed out fast and the other one went like to time yeah uh, but i did win that one as well so now i'm two and oh i'm feeling really good this is gonna be a trend hold on yeah hold the thought two two and oh i'm feeling good uh i then play a really good miracles plan this guy was great. Sometimes you play Miracles players who are slow, who think about everything for a really long time. There's a reason why Miracles players are joked about how they are always in the draw bracket because they go to time and they don't finish. So yeah. they draw. Hold that thought too. That, that was, yeah, hold that thought also. That was not gonna happen here. He knew his lines. As near as I could tell, they were always correct. Uh, he seemed very well balanced to draw me out the exact right amount and then save what he needed for right when he needed. And he never had to think about any for anything for very long. He obviously knew what he was doing. Game one, where I am very unfavored against Miracles. Uh, counter top block is really good against me. 
Yeah. I am able to, I think, get him to counter a glimpse to, like, bait out the Force of Willing's hand. And then natural order him for almost exact damage. Yeah. He, he was a little unhappy because like, he was going to lock me out completely the next turn with Force of Will and Days and all kinds of stuff. It was like, it was a very tight window. It was a little bit of lock and a little bit of skill on my part. Game two and three, he just kept me from doing anything. They, I was just locked that's, out that's both games. Miracles on the end. I had enough. I had hopes. He ultimated Jace, and that's what I scooped. Like, I, I probably could have scooped earlier. But he was playing fast enough. I wasn't worried about time. Like, I might have scooped earlier if I knew I needed to win game three and was worried about going to time. Yeah. We were going fast. So, that was a little rough. Then I played Eldrazi. Yep. And he ruled me hard. Yeah. Uh, the Eldrazi-Elves matchup, I think, is probably probably 60% in Eldrazi's favor. Maybe not quite that bad. You but... don't think so? Maybe like 55% Eldrazi? Yeah. Okay. But 55% each game turns into, like, 65% yeah, likely to win the match. Yeah. Um, I am a fast combo. They can't beat fast combo. Unless what, they have Chalice of the Void. Chalice of the Void on one, and then Chalice of the Void on two. Yeah. Means I'm not playing Magic today. Right. Uh, and I was dumb in my sideboarding. This, this was me getting hit by the sleep and the hunger. We hadn't had dinner. We had had a small lunch on the road. Uh, I forgot to bring in my abrupt case. Like yeah. the only thing that I have that rely well, the, the best thing to reliably kill a chalice. Right. And I just I did bring it in. So yeah. probably wouldn't have helped, but who knows? Because he did chalice me again, turn one or two. Yeah. And get into and then just rolled me with, you know, lots of. Guys. It hardly I, matters I, at that point because you're not really doing anything. Yeah. I will say actually, both games, I think I had an out to win. I had a route to win. Yeah. Except for his turn two, and then on the other game, turn three, Thought Not Seer. Stripping yeah. Glimpse of Nature one time and stripping Natural Order the other. Yeah. Where I only needed one more turn, and I think I would have gone off and won. That's what his deck does. He did it on purpose. Yes, right. And, and even one, he had accidentally shown me, uh, because he tried to play it and didn't have the mana for it, that he had it. So I knew I only had one turn, and I couldn't get to fourth mana any which way you cut it. I could yeah. get to three mana... Seven different ways from Sunday, but I could never not get the fourth. It was sad. Sad day. Because a 15-15 trample is pretty good against Eldrazi. Yeah, they have it, they have ways to win, but not very many. Yeah. yeah. So, from 2-0 to 2-2, and, to two and, two, and that's for the night. Right. And I should have been 2-2 two two had I not blundered at the end of game three. That Blackbird reanimator where you could have just made a swarm of 1-1s. One right. And then your chump blocker. Yeah. Because um, one of the things that that deck can do can, is can put a, repeatably every turn, put a creature from your graveyard on top of your library. Yeah. So if you've got a flyer that you can cast every turn, right, you can have more or less a forever blocker, right? Right. So the plan was, there's a card called Volrath Stronghold, which is a legendary land that's cups for colorless, or for a black and a colorless, you can, uh, you can put a creature card from your graveyard on top of your library and so you can just if you don't care i mean you won't draw anything ever except that card if you can, if you do this every turn but you can just forever keep getting the same blocker uh which would have allowed me to stop the giant angel from killing me um 
but I they, I wouldn't have had a clock. Yeah, he had but I actually could have had a clock. Because um, one recruiter of the guard can find the next recruiter of the guard, can find the next recruiter of the guard, can find the next recruiter of the guard. And they're all free because I have a Lauren. So instead of having one damage per turn on his opponents, he could have had four. Yeah. Which, I mean, your opponent would have had to maybe stop attacking. I don't even know if he had an option at that point. So, well, I actually didn't have... The, the line that I saw was recruiter into fairy and then hope to draw stronghold, which was correct. If he had been at one more life, that would have been basically my own... That I would have still had to draw the stronghold, but he was actually at low enough life that if I had gotten all of the recruiters out at once that he would have been that I would have yeah, been able to kill he, him even without the stronghold. He was at eight. Yeah. And so if you had gotten two swings if he had let you get two swings in with all four of your guys. Right. He's dead. And you so, were able to buy one turn because you were at a higher life total. Right? I was at I think I was at uh twelve. So he needed to attack me twice. So if he swings once I block, I swing for four, and now if he swings again I kill him on the crackback. If he holds back the second time well then I still get through for three and I have three guys left and he's at one and he still can't attack me but I didn't see it I mean it's possible he would have had a couple turns to I mean, to draw another way to reanimate another big dude which might have done it um, but I anyway this was certainly a way higher percentage play than what I was going for uh, so and I, I didn't find it so, uh, that's, that's what happens when you are new to the deck. You make mistakes. Anyway. Anyway. That was the challenge match. Yeah. Do we want to, do we want to wrap it up and, and say, and like do a part two on how the actual turn Yeah, let's do that. We're at 50, almost 50 minutes here. All right. Uh, well, before, before we go, we do want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Right. Uh, from Rafelos Loren. The newest fragrance from Dominaria, Alorin. <laughs> Mana. Untap. Invigorate. Mana. Alorin. From Rafelos Loren. <laughs> Moving oh, on. Moving on. Oh, boy. Do we have a band card of the day? It has been too long with no band card of the day. It has been too, ba- too, too, uh, too long without a band card of the day. Uh, the band card of the day is Time Vault because I think I was in one at some point. Um, Tell us what Time I, Vault is. Uh, t- time Vault is an artifact from Alpha Beta Unlimited. It's uh, it enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't untap on your on, during your untap step. Uh, and then it, it costs two to play, and then it has this ability which is just to tap tap Time Vault, take an extra turn. So. If you can come up with a way to untap Time Vault, uh, you take all the turns and you now, win. Now, the on Time Vault, how is it supposed to be able to untap? Right, so the way it's supposed to be... Oh, right, it does have an activated ability, which is skip your next turn, untap Time Vault. So the idea, and I think now for this is how it worked, because I'm not sure there was a real way to untap there it. Twiddle, I think, was printed. Okay, so there, there... Was that an alpha? I think so. The idea was you play this and you have to skip a turn now to take a turn later. Right. Debatably unplayable if that's what you're doing. Because, really should be. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how that could really help you since you're still never going to come out ahead on turns. Probably the, the only application for this would be if you were going to deck yourself, you could just keep skipping your turns. 
so that your opponent will have to keep drawing and I, eventually lose? I guess. I'm not even sure if that worked under the old rules. Could you untap something that was already untapped? I don't know under the old rules. I don't, yeah, I have no idea. Um, the, the actual original wording is you must skip a turn to untap Timefall. I think it was maybe intended that you couldn't even twiddle it untapped. You had to skip it. Alright. But the, the old wordings were very loose, the original text. Uh, the rules was a little bit what do you think should happen? Right, yeah. Uh, this, the game was not played at a competitive level back in those days, so... There, there is a reason why the people I played with came up with their own rules of what seemed like should happen. Right, right. There was one guy convinced that if you played Holy Strength and Unholy Strength on the same creature, the game was a draw. Because now that's a thing that cannot happen, and the universe in the game explodes. He was convinced. Sure. That is dumb. Uh, whatever. Anyway, anyway yeah. Um, so... The first problem with this is when they started finding ways to untap permanents or artifacts. Right. Like, untap a permanent every turn, now you get to just take turns forever. Right. Uh, I think the first way to do this was to animate your artifact, yeah. turn it into a creature, and then untap it as a creature with instill energy. Yeah, that was the original combo. Um, then so, in Urza Block, because they just printed all the broken things in Urza Block, they gave us Voltaic Key. Which, which is just, just untap an artifact that untaps another artifact. So they actually did something interesting. Uh, this, I don't know if you know this or not. They gave it functional errata change. Yeah. Where hey, uh, you had to skip a turn to untap it and put a time counter on it. Right. And in order to take an extra turn, you had to tap it and remove a time counter. The idea was you should only be able to take an extra turn if you have skipped a turn. Right. They still found that this had one problem, because there was a spell cast later of tap a permanent you control uh, until end of turn, you get tap a permanent you control, deal one damage. So you just say, hey, I'm going to skip my next 20 turns. Right. There is no next turn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, though, they decided that they did not want, with very rare exception, to make errata changes for power level. Right. Or for just how stuff worked. Errata was just to make it work consistently with the rules uh, under how it originally was, yeah, more or less. So they went back and they said, all right, fine. If you can find a way to untap it, you can take all the turns. And then they had to ban it. <laughs> it should never be unbanned. Nope. Legacy. This is probably... So we talked about the Power 9. This right? is one of them. This is not one of them, but it's more powerful than Time Twister. And it's Probably, it's arguably more powerful than the Moxin. Um, uh, well, the Battle Deck. Moxin, Moxin are so powerful because they go in everything. Right. This is unplayable unless you build a deck around it. Right, but... It's not hard to build a deck around In it. Vintage, there are just, just... This is all over the place because of how incredibly powerful it is and of how easy it is to just abuse the bejesus out of it. So. So. Keep that on the band list, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there anything else we want to say before we go? Uh, no, because we're coming right back. All right. Tune in next time, which will probably be sooner rather than later since we want all these to come out at a relevant time period. But until next time, remember, sleep <laughs> and preparation are the oh, best ways to run this. Bye, everybody. Wait, do we have, like, show notes? Do we, do we know what we're talking about? I don't know, man. This is a road trip episode. <laughs> we don't need those stinking show notes.